Okay, wait. Oh, yeah. Do we want me to reintroduce? Reintroduce. Well, a whole week's gone two. by since they've heard her. I know. In a whole week has gone by. Yeah. When we so, last left our hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we've been talking to my sweet friend, Julia, about last week we were talking to her about her um, finding joy in having an autoimmune disease called lupus and how her her testimony of her lifestyle. So now we're going to get in the nitty gritty of how she manages that using intermittent fasting. Ooh, I love the enunciation. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I am terrified of intermittent fasting. I'm going to ask you all the questions. I don't like reading books about intermittent fasting. Let me just say, she's a hardcore. Oh, so yeah, but what she, she knows all the okay, things. Okay, yeah. Because she's really just, excited. And I have a couple family members who are just, like my dad has done it multiple times mostly for weight and then like cholesterol and blood pressure issues and then my sister my baby sister Hannah just started doing like um, 24 or 48 hour fasting because my other sister-in-law um, is falling in love with it, with doing intermittent fasting for 48 hours so like literally once a week she does from Friday night she said until Sunday dinner and that that helps her curb like she has both of my sisters that I mentioned are like they're sugar junkies and they mm-hmm. crave like pastries and cookies and sugar and candy and all the stuff and so they're doing this to try to keep that in check so yeah. I have a few family members and I I just typically do like I fast breakfast and I don't want to I love food and I <laughs> I'm really mad that like really in mad. my no let's be honest I'm mad that in my mid-40s I can't just eat and enjoy food anymore. Like there's again with we were saying before that our bodies you need to the quantities that you want. And- but I can't even eat breakfast. My body, I will gain weight if I eat breakfast every day. Yeah. I will gain unnecessary, unwanted weight, mm-hmm. and I've got you know a lot of issues that I maintain better if I stay under a certain weight. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. way better for my bones and my muscles and my aches and pains if I stay under a certain weight, which is harder and harder to, to make to, to keep. Yeah. And yes, so I hate that. I hate that too. And I love cozy things. I spend I have a husband with Crohn's disease who lives off of carbs and simple sugars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I I've got I have to bake all the time Z's for them at for two growing boys. And so I was like, I don't get to enjoy any of this goodness. And it's just kind of sad and not that much fun but so, I, so show I, us I think joy in I, this I think it's different <laughs> I know we need the joy in the fasting well, and I was gonna say I don't like reading books about things because I'm reading it with my my brain I like other people I follow direction better so I'm really excited because Juliet's read all the books I have read all a lot all of the books mm-hmm. done all of the research what do you say I'm a dork yeah <laughs> a little bit mm-hmm. and so she gets to just I just get to glean the good stuff from well, her well I know I, I need inspiration for what the, the good things it could do for our bodies because yes. that I think mm-hmm. makes it worth it sure okay. I, I'm, I would think so go yeah. go okay. go 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 so do it. So a <laughs> micro recap about sort of like my life before micro intermittent fast. Micro recap. Okay, I love gonna be that. Fast. I love that. Well, because I can do a lot of giant recap. We're going to go small. So my life before intermittent fasting, um, I was desperate. I had tried every healthy diet out there. I've tracked all the things. Micros, like, macros. Yeah, all the things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my gosh. If you can track it, I've tracked it. Heart rate and how things impact you. 
um, your exercise, calories in, calories out, just all of the things. I never did anything weird like injections, but pretty much anything that was out there that was fairly healthy, I've done it. That's the new age. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, but I was just desperate, and like, even even on a mental level, my brain was so obsessed. That was the perfect okay. word. So obsessed mm-hmm. that somehow I could control. Mm all of the things to make everything better if I could just get my weight, my health, my my food pyramid, my if I could just fix that, everything else would be better. So mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with even being sick, but that was like a huge and I think that probably started being a teenager, you know? Mm-hmm. So um a really long time. I was I had migraines, I mean chronic migraines, fifteen to thirty a month requiring oh medication that makes you feel terrible, but you have to take it because otherwise you can't function. Um, you know, my lupus was from being bedridden in a wheelchair to the point where I, I was so weak I couldn't feed myself. Like I literally couldn't pick up a fork and put something in my mouth. Um, and my brain didn't work, brain fog. Like I could be looking at a light bulb and want to communicate the light bulb is on or the light bulb is off and I could not make the words come out of my mouth. And I'm super social, super um, extroverted. So that was really hard to just not be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, joint pains, so where I couldn't button my pants and fasten my bra. Uh, f- muscle aches, like fibromyalgia, so that where my kids couldn't, they would come to snuggle up next to me, and it would feel like they were bruising me with mm-hmm. every touch. So that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was bulimic on again, off again for probably 20 years because everything made me so nauseous that it was just easier to just eat something and throw up and then I would just feel better. Never mind Mm -hmm. the mental Mm -hmm. of Hmm. all the mental things that go behind having an eating disorder. Um, And how how you feel about your body. You know, it doesn't matter what the eating disorder is. Mm -hmm. I think all of that diet brain, that's disordered eating. Mm -hmm. It's disordered thought on... Food coming in, food coming out, however you choose to do all Anything things. you obsess. Yes, about. it's disordered, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't be in the sun at all because the sun would bring on a lupus flare. Like, not at all. And as a person who's super outdoorsy, remember, I'm carrying potatoes, I'm hiking, I'm doing all these things. Like, I just couldn't be in the sun at all. Literally 15 minutes. Rachel, you would die. Yeah, I would die. F- 15 minutes just kill me. in, you know, one o'clock on the middle of a ju- like July mm. could put me in bed for a week. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. really hard. That's probably the thing I cried about the most in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sick. Sick, sick, sick. And then I found intermittent fasting. Now, what's funny is that growing up, my parents had done fasting. Probably one day a week, they would just not eat. And hmm. so it was really not weird for me. So way before intermittent fasting, I would two days a week, I would Mondays and Thursdays, I would fast and pray about things once I became a believer. And I would always have cream in my coffee. I think I would always probably have sweetener as well. And, or I might have juice and which is some people would call that fasting for me. It's not, I can explain that why later. Um, fasting is really like you black tea, black coffee, water, simple. Um, your body's either in a fed state or it's in a fasting state. There's no like sort of in mm-hmm. the middle. Now there are some wonderful crutches that can get you to a place where you're in that place where you're drinking just the black tea and black coffee. And we can talk about that later. Um, but so I did that on Mondays and Thursdays until maybe like two, three, four o'clock and I would fast and pray about stuff. I never had the impact on my, on my health like I do the intermittent fasting that I do now, just for the record. But so I had done that for years before finding intermittent fasting. So it wasn't 
weird for me. It wasn't scary. Uh, so a friend of mine introduced me to Jen Stevens' book and Delay Don't Deny. And I read there's lots of science. The cool thing about intermittent fasting is that there's so much more science backing yes. it than anything mm-hmm. else out there. Yep. Um, What's it called? Again? Jen Stevens. Jen Stevens. It's uh, G-I-N, short for Virginia. Jen oh. Stevens, Delay Don't Deny. She has a new book called... Um, yeah, Fast, Feast, Repeat, which right. is sort of like a newer version of that book. I would, re- I mean, I've read them both, but Fast, Feast, Repeat has, it's a little bit more of a modern take on it. Okay. Fabulous book. <laughs> so she introduced me to her book. I read it. I don't think I was a few chapters in. I thought, well, shoot, I can do this. Like, I don't really love breakfast anyways. Never ate breakfast as a teenager. So I just, this was in October. I'm coming up on my four-year, what they call it a fast-aversary, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, so I've been doing this for four years now. And when I started doing it, I was uh, 230 pounds, I think. What? And it was squished into wow. a very snug... Um, probably size 18 maybe i would guess oh my and, gosh. I uh, and and, and was that. really sick really really sick um remember so I, she she was chunky yeah chonk chonkin I, I was athletically <laughs> chunky so um yeah so i was very sick and started in october and in the very beginning i wanted to make it something that i could do like long term because i thought well based on the science I don't know why this wouldn't just be something I just do. Like a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Yeah, something that would be very sustainable. So I went to probably like 11 o'clock the first day. I thought, well, this is super easy. The next day, I probably went till 1. And that's my main advice when people start doing intermittent fasting. However you choose to do it long term is just start where you're at. Like if your person gets up first thing in the morning and eats is super excited to have a cup of coffee and a six-egg omelet and roll about your day, well, then try doing it at 7 like move it back to eight um, and just take that it's called an eating window or time restricted eating so your eating window is obviously when you're eating <laughs> your fasting window is when you're fasting it's like I said it's you're not in any other state other than fed or fasted and you know I think most Dang it, I want a gray <laughs> well people that's the clean fast and the dirty fast yes right and so well hardcore. well and the thing the thing that's interesting is that if you if you're having cream in your coffee right. and you're having success, well, then rock and roll. Like, If it's working, for me, I did not see any success at all. And for hundreds of thousands of other people, it's much more effective. It's easier, too. Why would you not want the fast to be easier? If your body, if you're raising your insulin at all and your body thinks here's food coming in and you're going to make you more it's going to make you more hungry mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to go another 8 hours before you eat whereas mm-hmm. if you just keep your body your insulin mm-hmm. levels low then it makes the whole fasting experience easier why be miserable you know um, i've done it both ways the first 6 months i did not clean fast i always had a little cream or my coffee and even in that period of time i saw a lot of results but it was after that when I switched it and got rid of that and just started drinking black coffee um, that I really started seeing huge leaps and bounds. So, hmm. yeah. So there's there's a place for a crutch. I mean that like Bulletproof Coffee I think is a great crutch, um, which is like a tablespoon or two tablespoons of butter in your coffee. You know, have an immersion blender, blend it, or a, just a regular blender. And that can keep your insulin levels low but still allow you to – Have enough fat. Yes, to kind of get yourself situated. Um 
yeah, so lots of lots of room for a crutch, but a crutch shouldn't be something you're doing forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Put your big boy pants on and like get you some <laughs> black coffee. It's not gonna kill you. Um, although I have to say, my husband, the first day I brought him a cup of black coffee, he literally threw a fit. He was like, "I am not having coffee with you today. I can't believe you brought me black coffee." Like <laughs> it was hilarious. Love you, Michael. You're great. Um, <laughs> he drinks black coffee now, like a big boy. He's great. Um, but that so that within that first month period of time I went from probably a an eight hour window you know probably eating lunch around 11 and I would get done about six o'clock at night or so and um I didn't really pay attention to snacking in the beginning but I will say that snacking is counterproductive to keep your insulin levels low so just if you're going to eat a meal eat a meal and if your meal isn't big enough eat a bigger meal the next day it's not rocket science. Um, and, and I do the same thing with our kids. So even my seven-year-old, unless he's in a clear growth spurt, which he's been lately, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I can't keep him full. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you have lunch and you have dinner and then we're done. You have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and we're done. Uh, so My boys are never done. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. T- teenage done. boys, when are they mm-hmm. ever done? Holy no, smokes. my word. I think Isaac could eat at 12 o'clock at night if I let him. I was going to say, right oh, before yeah. bed is a very large meal for my yeah. boys. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that first month, I whittled my window down to about a four-hour window. I would open my window at 2 o'clock, and I would be done by 6. It was like a four-hour window. I, I mean, I ate the same kind of thing just because it was easy. I had an apple and a handful of almonds, and then my, my dinner was whatever. And the first probably year and a half, I gave myself permission to eat whatever. Now – because I was trying to undo that diet brain that was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to count this, track this, eat mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. manage this, plan this. Um, but my diet was, I mean, I eat clean. Like mm, a normal meal for me would be, I don't know, two or three servings of a vegetable. And it would be some sort of a, a good, healthy, whole food carbs, whether it was like brown rice or sweet potato. Mm, naturally, my own homemade, freshly milled wheat bread. I mean, so just like a really good healthy carb um some kind of protein and some fat and follow it up with a whatever handful of raisins or an apple i mean just you you didn't really when you say you gave yourself permission you didn't have a piece of cake after well no those are those are most of my meals look like that that was like the template for how i i've seen her at lazy hound yes she splurged i splurge but then if i wanted to have two pieces of pizza and followed up with an ice cream cone. I did. Mm-hmm. But it was probably me. In that window. In that window. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There was n- there were no limitations. And and I love that because I I undid a lot of harm yep. that honestly, and I'm, we're going to do huge air quotation here, like the industry. And when I say the industry, I, I would blanket um, supplements, diet and fitness, health and wellness, um, the whole industry that surrounds our body image and what we eat and how we move our bodies, all of that, the lie that is perpetuated that somehow we're not enough where we are and somehow we have to jump through these six hoops to get us to where we ought to be and all of that comes with that is it's a travesty, quite frankly. Um, and I think that intermittent fasting has done more to heal my brain um, through the word of God mm-hmm. and walking through all of that disordered thinking than anything I've ever done. It's, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in the fasted state and you're saying no to your flesh on a regular basis, you learn to be instinctual in how you eat. You learn that your body is 
fearfully and wonderfully made. You learn that we are God's workmanship, created for his good works. You really start to understand things about yourself that were so masked by do this protocol, do this thing, follow this person, do this DVD set. It, it like hides all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. when, you, when you're just like, I'm going to fast and then I'm going to feast and enjoy what I'm eating, it, it cuts through the clutter and has been so healing. It's amazing. We can talk more about that in a little bit. But So that first month, I cut that down to that short window. And within that first month, there was such a transformation in my health that honestly I hadn't told Michael I was doing it because I thought he's gonna think I'm so weird like (laughs) you know I'm always off on some rabbit trail of doing some new thing and he's gonna think I'm not so I didn't tell him and a month in it was so dramatic that he's like what are you doing and I want in wow it was amazing Mm -hmm. my husband does not try new things (laughs) just because (laughs) except the lazy hound except the lazy hound what was he seeing what was he oh my goodness so oh he's huge I have not been in a wheelchair since I started fasting Mm. ever I have not been bed bound since being in a wheelchair were you just spending more and more time out of it I just was Was up I just was up I was functioning my brain was Hmm. he could have conversations with me and I wouldn't fumble over my words. Mm-hmm. It was clear. My brain worked. I had way less pain. Um, he didn't have to give me a bath. He, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other huge ones. My migraines right away shifted from being almost daily to, um, you know, for the most part, I might get four or five a month mm-hmm. in comparison to like almost every day. Hmm. Everything shifted, mm-hmm. even in that first month of healing. And then over the course of, so I did that four-hour window exclusively through all the holidays, through all the things. And why would you not? Like, like if it's transforming you that much, why right. would you right. go to do anything else? Mm-hmm. So I stayed in that place eating whatever I wanted to, but really probably 90% of it was a very clean whole food diet for the first 15 to 16 months. And, but it was probably the first six months where I would notice improvements like that. But I mean, I was still sick. I wasn't as sick. And every month, things would get a little bit better mm-hmm. and a little bit better and a little bit better. And it was so mind-blowing that my body would change so much. And, and the weight loss was great, but it was really slow, like really slow, maybe a quarter pound a week, if that, which hmm. is annoying to track, you know, yeah. it just, oh my gracious. <laughs> and that took you... You had a that was still with the four hour window, mm-hmm. the four hour window, and you weren't losing weight hardly at no, all. No, see, and I think that's huge, huge for t- for two reasons. First of all, if I could take everyone's scale in the entire world, oh, my and word, and burn it, light them on fire, mm-hmm. literally, and send Absolutely. them with a yeah. pirate's funeral, it would be amazing. <laughs> I just can't even because there's mm-hmm. they are the worst indicator. Of your well-being, mm-hmm. the very worst. Now, it's such a mind game. Oh. Yeah. Now, if you can get on the scale and weigh and be contented, have at it. It's a tool, you know. Any, if you want to measure, it's a tool. <laughs> what was amazing for me though was mm-hmm. my body recomposition was happening. So even though I was using losing such a small amount of weight, like my size went down a ton. Um, and even though mm-hmm. I want to say. Gosh, I wish I had the number. Maybe the first year, it was so slow. Maybe 20 pounds, 15 pounds. It wasn't very much. It was really slow. Um, you had crazy inflammation too. But but that was just it, is that the healing was so dramatic mm-hmm. that, I mean, I would have done, if I had not lost a pound, 
I would still be fasting mm-hmm. because of the dramatic difference in how I felt. Because you're walking. Yeah, because I'm walking. <laughs> you're right. running, actually. Right. You know? yeah, you're running. Exactly. I mean, it was just so, I mean, every area of my life was impacted in a positive way. Mm-hmm. From the, Actually, mm-hmm. there's been nothing that hasn't been improved by fasting. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have like a host of, of chronic illnesses. And, you know, if you have one autoimmune disorder, generally you have two or three or four or five mm-hmm. or six. Um, so, but the weight loss was slow, which I think is really important because we have this mindset. Oh my and, word. Yeah. And, and like I, on occasion, maybe every four or five months would track what I was eating for a couple of days just to kind of see. I was just really curious, like how many calories am I eating? Mm-hmm. And, and I was always under calorie. Always, 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 always. Like, I mean, I don't know. Let's say I've you need my height and my body type. Maybe I need two thousand calories. We'll just use a rough estimate. I was always under eighteen hundred calories. I could be at a thousand calories. So, according to the move more, eat less thing, I should have been losing weight, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wasn't. I think it's super important for us to remember that that it is just not an accurate equation of how, how old were you at that time? Just out of curiosity, 42, 40, yeah, forty-two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, right there, I would be like, well, that's that's why. But I don't know anything. Yeah. I well, just no, noticed that my, my body. Perimenopause is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That impacts all of those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the stress, I, I think how you stress about what you're eating, that's huge. It's yeah. just It's huge. all the things. It's stress. It's sleep. It's... It's like we are holistic. We're not just what mm-hmm. we put in our mouths. Mm-hmm. It's all the things. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think sometimes we sabotage ourselves when we count the calories so much because if we're under calorie too much, that's, that should not be lifestyle. And that makes our body be like, whoa, we're entering a famine. Absolutely. I'm going to hold on to everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's where I get so confused because I was anorexic mm-hmm. for years and years, got blue paper. You're welcome. And so for me, I fast, but I I fast naturally. I don't, like, my body does not think to eat like other human beings. And it drives people crazy. It drives my husband crazy. But if I have, like, a to-do list and I'm on point, it's not even like I'm depressed or I'm having a hard day or anything. I will go and I'll realize it's 5 o'clock and I haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Or I'll drink water. But other than that, I haven't eaten because I'm just, it, my brain doesn't think about that. So I'm always panicked to too fast because I'm like my body's gonna just go oh she's doing that again mm-hmm. hold on to everything well okay so here's a great story the other guy that I was on his podcast Graham Curry he wrote a really cool book the fasting highway and he did a 23 in one window and he was mm-hmm. very big and he literally ate for one hour for the mm-hmm. first 15 months kind of like I did mm-hmm. and had great success with it, felt amazing. Um, I mean, yes, you can consume 2,000 calories, especially if, like, if you're eating junk food. But mm-hmm. he ate clean, too. He ate really healthy. Um, so I'm sure it was always like under calorie, but it was enough. That's mm-hmm. the great thing is like if you eat and you're still hungry, well, then just eat a little bit more. It's not – we overcomplicate it so much. Your body will – it will adjust. Mm-hmm. It will tell mm-hmm. you maybe the next day um, – you're you're getting ready to open up your window and you're like, wow, I totally need way more mm-hmm. or just a more substantial. Right. Don't eat. I, I will tell you that in that period of time, I had very few salads because I mean, and I love like the salad tricked out with like some beans and some grilled chicken and some avocado and just like a really amazing salad. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. But I often found it didn't give me enough calories. Yeah. I was yeah. just hungry. It didn't matter the size of the salad it just wasn't enough. And so if you're going to have really small window 
I would not recommend a salad or even like soup unless it's a super rich thick soup because you can't get enough food in a bowl because you've got broth and all mm-hmm. you know all that stuff not that you can't ever but just I wouldn't do it as a regular basis and also if you like you're tra- you're training for things a lot of times running walking like like when you're training for a marathon or whatever like my diet has to look way different than what it does on a normal day yes because then you're like it's fuel mm-hmm. you have to have fuel yep that, no very important yeah interesting so that's why so like I am I haven't eaten yet today because we're going to have this. We're doing some things today. So I am hungry today. But then, but thinking about it, yesterday was a busy day and I probably didn't get enough calories. So now what you're saying is because I'm hungry that I should just eat more protein, you know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, okay, let's just murder calories too while we're at it. <laughs> okay. Um, how about like yeah. nourishment? Yeah. yeah. Not even nutrition. Not even because I think this was a huge mind shift for me. There's this thing that's called, no, it's going to escape me. Nutrition, like when you're studying nutrition versus like nourishing your body. Mm-hmm. Because nutrition breaks your food down into like what it's made of, like the Atoms. parts, yeah. your macros and, and how it impacts your body versus the fact that, I don't know about you, but when I sit down to eat, homemade bread homemade whole wheat bread like not only is it nourishing me because of x y and z that's in it but it's nostalgic my mom always made homemade bread so i have these warm fuzzy memories Mm -hmm. of being with my mom of my family dynamic it brings back all these things that like nourish my soul that has nothing to do with how many carbs that stupid piece of bread has yeah it's nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. and that is like the part that we forget oh man about food Mm -hmm. so like when people are thinking well okay so your family gets together for a cookie night around christmas well you should never have cookies again. That's just horrible, terrible for your diabetes, blah, blah, blah. You should have game night instead. Well, um, no, you shouldn't have a tray of cookies. But if you can have two or three cookies with a cup of cocoa with your grandmother and that memory nourishes you to the point where when she's long dead and gone and you're sitting down there with her cookie recipe and you're like remembering that that's so good for your brain mm-hmm. it isn't just about the fact that those cookies have lard in it and that's gonna just do terrible things to your arteries mm-hmm. we miss the bigger picture of how food nourishes us mm-hmm. um the bread My of life mind is blown <laughs> so good well, i'm gonna speak into that because that's a deep sadness of mine because my psoriasis Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the devil, um, and yet it is the thing that God gave me. Mm-hmm. So it's from birth, and it's genetic. I, my grandmother had it, so uh, that's what I get to remember about my grandmother. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I'm just kidding. But um, the I think that the the hard part is that some of us uh, sugar is poison, mm-hmm. and it so. Again, with the whole spending your spoons or your cal or your you know it's like currency. Um, if I have a cookie, if I have sugar, I will have psoriasis erupt mm-hmm. in my scalp, behind my ears, in my ears, in all the places on my my legs and my body, my elbows. Mm-hmm. It's gonna instantly in ten minutes. I will be itchy, and there's an inflammatory response, and so and it's it it's a payment system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I throw caution to the wind and I and I have a piece of chocolate that I really, really love or I have a bowl of ice cream or I have um, a piece of toast with some homemade jam on it that's like sugar mm-hmm. and I pay for it 
I pay for it dearly. Mm-hmm. And it really, it's it's actual pain. It's actual like emotional pain. And yet I'm paying for it. So I'm, I'm going to pay that. Yeah. So I can have this piece of toast, homemade bread. I love all those things. They're all bad for me. They're bad for my body because I have multiple autoimmune diseases and my body doesn't like a long list of mm-hmm. things. All the things on that list are nostalgic to me. So yeah. it's it's this terrible pain point actually to feel nostalgia for things like a cup of hot cocoa that most people, it's not going to wreck their day. Sure. If they have a cup of cocoa. And for me, it's not even about calories or not calories. It's like, that's going to hurt me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's actually going to hurt my body. And one thing for me begets the other. So it's like inflammation's revealing itself in my skin and it's revealing itself in my my lower back. That's like uh, deteriorating lower spine is also associated with psoriasis, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in your 40s. And so it's like, it just sucks. So I'm like... Uh, I hear all these things, but it's like, and I love that. I love it because I believe it. And it's so that's, but for me personally, and I know for other people, it's a, it's a triggering. You can't spend your spoons on that. Well, and if I do, it's just, there's all my spoons for the day because I'm going to friggin' be itchy. I might have a a very, like on my beautiful skin that I work so hard for, (laughs) I might have a patch of psoriasis show up. Just because I eat a, f- a tiny handful of chocolate chips, yeah. and like that's a that's the price. Now it's going to take me three months to get rid of that piece of. I'm going to have to take care of myself yeah. and all the things. And so it's hard. I was and so I I do love the idea of fasting, and I think that God is pointing me towards more of that as I get older because mm-hmm. I can't afford actually to gain a lot of weight either because of joint pain and other things. And so it's it's this irritating line. I I feel very nostalgic about homemade foods and breads and cookies and pizza and all the things. And that grew up with that as well. And my body, as I get older, is just like, I just really can't. Do you make it for your kids, which is sweet? I do. I I don't stop making it. Mm. And in fact, I'm writing a book filled with cozy recipes, half of which, or more than that, I can't even enjoy. I have to enjoy it through them. (laughs) I'm like, can I just watch you eat that cookie? (laughs) Or I'll smell a cookie. This sounds incredibly lame. But I was like, no, I've done that before. I love smelling food Mm. that I can't eat because I love it so much. And I was like, and I have had many talks with the Lord. And I, the table that he's making for us, filled with food, <laughs> is going to have a lot of all, all the delicious things, <laughs> all the gluten and all the yummy things. Yeah. So, so you started with the four window, not to. I'm just no, that's good. Like, okay, I, I went yeah. on my little rant. You and did. Pity well party. done. Well done. Pity well, party well, for okay, so, so first of all, like I, I so understand that, and I, I am sorry. That is, that is hard to feel so trapped by a body that doesn't allow you to have the life you want. Yeah. Mm. That's hard. That's yeah. really hard. Um, on a mm. level of encouragement, the guy that I was talking about, Graham Curry, he had psoriasis ev- everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And he, I think he's maybe five or six years into this. He doesn't have it anywhere. 
Really? No, like nowhere. And there was, and he had it for his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he tried every every cream, every shot, every all the things. Nothing worked ever. But I'm guessing he also eats a very clean. Well, okay. So diet, he, right? I know that when he was first, like he, I think he, if he wants something, he eats it now. But I know that his diet in general is clean. Like he eats. Mm-hmm. I think what most of us would just consider a healthy diet, you right. know, um, he definitely cut sugar out completely for that first 15 months. I know that for sure, um, to, to help with the healing, mm-hmm. but like there's none, Is none. he still a one hour window. No, I think he has a two hour window during the week just to give himself a little more grace to have mm-hmm. a little bit longer meal. And then his weekends are more of a flex, okay. you know, if, like if he wants to have brunch and then he'll mm-hmm. have dinner, yeah. usually it's like a lighter meal and a bigger meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that like, mm. same with me, that first 15 months were just healing, healing, healing. It's remarkable. His story is breathtaking, mm. you know, cause he talks so much about, um, just the things that we eat and how they are toxins. And I certainly could go on a whole rant about the fact that the sugars and the pseudo sugars mm-hmm. and the different things that we put in our food, how, how terrible they are for us. So I am not, I am not at all a proponent of eat whatever makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at all. Like, mm-hmm. The things that make me feel good are things that I make at home from scratch. That's mm-hmm. what I like. I just think that having your brain undo yeah. the mm-hmm. lies that say mm-hmm. you can't ever eat things. I have a peanut allergy. I can't eat peanuts. This is not an option. I did not always have a peanut allergy. Uh, it, I got one as an adult. And so all kinds of things are nostalgic for me that are peanuts that I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't eat. That's not an option. I'm right. not going to right. eat peanuts and then hit myself with an EpiPen. That seems really <laughs> silly. <laughs> I think, too, yeah. when we talk intermittent fasting, I think it's good to be super aware of, like, all the different things we've talked about. Like, the basically, our relationship with food and even mm-hmm. how we're raising our daughters yeah. and sons and nowadays. Sons. But, like, for me, that's that's the piece that I always try to be super aware of as far as, like... So I flex on the weekends Mm -hmm. for that reason because I make my family a big, huge Saturday morning breakfast every Saturday. I don't eat until noon Monday through Friday, but I would say I try to be righteous Monday through Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But then on the weekends, I am going to have that breakfast with my Mm -hmm. family because I think it's weird not to, just for me and and from – you know what I mean? So – on the weekends. And so sometimes I'm like, I'm probably ruining all that I did Monday through Friday, but I'm going to be intentional – Oftentimes we get a pizza on the weekend and mm-hmm. I'm going to eat the pizza. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, whatever that balance is, mm-hmm. I think it's important to not be um, – to rigid. not make it an idol. It's so easy yeah. to make things idols, Absolutely. to be rigid, to yeah. be obsessed mm-hmm. and to find that balance that works for all the reasons. Yes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think your reasons are so much easier to explain to like literally this healed me. Yes. Whereas I think like with me or people who don't, you know – I can eat a cookie and it doesn't phase me mm-hmm. or whatever, but just to, I want my kids to have a healthy view of food. Yeah. And uh, so that's always in the forefront of my mind. Well, mm-hmm. so you were going to ask questions about different timing. Is that kind of where you're going? Yeah. With? So like for me, the thing that I'm trying to, so I, so if I wanted to do this and not put my body into, oh great, she's starving herself mm-hmm. again. You started by doing a four hour window. Mm-hmm. Which I could totally do that, I think, and I could do it well. Well, you started started with an eight-hour window, did you not? Yeah, but like within a month, I had worked okay. down to oh, a yeah. four-hour window. And I could do a four-hour window easily. And then what happened? So Because you don't have a four-hour window. I do not. Nope. Nope. No. So then what happened? So Explain, in, Keep going. Okay, so so we have six months in, and I'm still in a four-hour window. Like I said, I did that for almost a year and a half exclusively. Um, through the holidays, 
it's not that hard to have Thanksgiving at lunchtime and be done with your leftovers by four o'clock. It's not, we make a lot of excuses, I think, mm-hmm. as to why we don't want to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just do and it. Your four hour window could change. You so can like do if, it wherever you wanted to. So, like, if you are having, see, I'm such a black and white person. So, this is weird for me. Mm-hmm. So, you open only at one, ever, yes, always. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I, and so, like, if I do, because I do Thanksgiving and we do four o'clock, well, you're absolutely right. I could open my window at four o'clock when we're having Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or, or heaven forbid 3.30 because we're in a half hour. <laughs> oh, my brain just exploded. <laughs> when we're starting to eat our charcuterie board. And then that means, yes, I am done at 7.30 mm-hmm. and I can't imagine ever not being done by 7.30. So, but my rigidity, because I'm mental, I just am like, ah, one o'clock. That's what I think. I think mm-hmm. one, two, and then... Yeah, I have boys that are don't come home from football practice until seven o'clock. So, holy Hannah, we want to have a family dinner. We're not eating until seven. So, okay, that means I'm going to open my window at seven or six or whatever, whatever, or close it. Well, okay. So here's here's the deal. It's got to work for you. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's got to mm-hmm. work for you. I have a friend that has a morning window, mm-hmm. like seven to one. That's her happy spot. She hated, she did the evening thing, like a, a lunch and a dinner thing. She did that, I don't know, maybe nine months. And she's like, eh, it's okay, but I really miss my breakfast. I'm like, well, then I just move it up. Like, what do you care? Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So I think in the beginning, when a person is first starting out, I think you should start, like, if give yourself a 12-hour window and then bump it up till you find your sweet spot mm-hmm. by an hour. And, and don't mm-hmm. give yourself six months to find your, I mean, you know, figure out in maybe six weeks or so how you can bump that up to a spot that's going to work. Teenage boys, I, I don't mean teenage boys, like yeah, like a 20-year-old athletic man could probably lose weight in an eight-hour window. I think most women cannot. So okay. if, if, you're, if your Facts. goal, if your goal is, is to defy gravity with more um, success <laughs> and be Maintain a, that athletic Barbie yeah, vibe exa- for a few more exactly, years, yeah. then you're probably going to need to have shorter than an eight-hour window. Mm-hmm. Probably six is going to be probably the outside. Um, and in that, you can have a nice lunch and a nice dinner. Try not to snack. Keep those insulin levels low. Um, and then if that's not getting you where you want to go, then bump it up to a four hour window. You know, I cannot eat two full meals in a four hour window. I have a friend that can, I cannot. So for me, it's like a snack, which is literally just a small meal and then a meal. And so after the first six months, oh wait, and then, so you should have like a structure, whatever your structures, find your sweet spot to have that structure, allow yourself to stay in that structured space for a period of time don't try all the things mm-hmm. like it's in the middle of my fasting sort of journey maybe like year two to year three i tried all the things literally there's not a fasting protocol i haven't done <laughs> 10 hour fast uh, 10 day fast seven day fast two day fast intermittent like different days alternate days mealless mondays oh my gosh <laughs> i can't my brain no I- seriously you can do it any way you want which is yeah. encouraging because there's literally one out there for every possible True, lifestyle yeah. you could be a trucker on the road (laughs) and I'm not going to eat between stops like that could be your jam or a mom with little people like it doesn't matter so find your sweet spot stay there I mean I would say this is so different than any other diet give it six months to a year and whatever Mm -hmm. that spot is that's working for you give your brain time to adjust to the fact that hunger is not an emergency Yes. Mm. Oh my word. Yeah. I just think that's huge. We Hunger feel a pang and we think we're dying. An emergency. <laughs> it's that needs to be stitched on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a 
17 year old football player it might be it yeah. might yeah. be yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't need to fast but even Isaac most days which I think is amazing he weighs 245 50 pounds you know he can squat almost 500 pounds Almost never eats breakfast. So does, neither does Parker. He just doesn't. He drinks black coffee. And if he's hungry, he has a big giant breakfast and he moves about the day. It's just not. We Our mind doesn't need to be. We need three meals and two snacks. It's just so. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you, look, like Whoa, if you look at people in the world yep. who live a long, healthy, fruitful life, lives, they don't eat like that. People in the yeah. world around us, they fast naturally because they have they don't to. Have, they they don't fast have food. in between their kills. Right. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they don't have access to all what we have year-round. They yeah. have access to, like, fruit in that season yep. and all of that, too. Yeah, I think they, most people – I was reading a book about Vikings years ago because it's, like, where I come from. Mm-hmm. And they really only ate, like – they ate almost the same food every day all the time. It was just, like, sort of like a meal mushed up in the whatever kill they had and then whatever was in season for fresh. But – for the most part, they just ate a big dinner. Like, it was not a whole lot of, like, there was no breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. It was, like, this, you know, it was just a nice big meal that helped you live. That helped yeah. you be alive. <laughs> helped you live. That helped you stay alive for another whole day. And Consumerism it, has changed oh, how we wow. look at food and, like, well, I'm a comfort junkie. So, and I'm a comfort everything junkie, not just comfort food or comfort drinks. I'm a comfort person. And that's my a huge idol. And it's a crutch. It's a thing. But it's also my gift. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but I, I struggle with it. But I always want to, like, I have always a, bedro- a beverage lineup. I you do. It. I have yes, an icy do. beverage, a hot beverage, an extra beverage, a spare beverage just in case. Something fizzy, something cozy, something cold. Like, and I, it's not just, she's not even joking. I'm not. I'm like, and then when it comes to food, I love crunchy, I love creamy, I love chocolate. Like, (laughs) it has to kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just a comfort junkie. And so, my, the difficulty with this, which I love the sound of it, and I know 100% that it would bless my body 100%. The hard thing is for me is like, Working in those things that, like, the comfort junkie in me, and I think sticking to it's the hard thing. It's like, I don't need a coffee all the time, mm-hmm. or even at every soccer game. It can be a treat, especially when I have a soccer game every single day. Mm-hmm. It's like, it can be a treat for, like, once a week, or, like, like, like I got to pare this down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although today is National Coffee Day, by the way, Ooh. while we're recording. It's free coffee with purchase. Really? Wow. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm saying. <laughs> Um, uh, so, but anyway, I, I so for fa- for me, and I, I think for you, Amber, I, and I know you pretty well. I was like, your window, I think, would have to be what fits in your loving going to lazy hound with your hubby. Yeah, and, and so for you, and having meals with your family. Yes. So your window, I do, I do not see how your window could be anything but later. Yeah. It, it would have to be no, like and from I, four to eight. Yeah. Which is what I can do. Right. And, and then I you still get it. all your cozy meals and maybe even as much of them as you want and your drinks. But adult you have girls. got but the problem <laughs> is I was like, but because you want that, you're gonna have to go a long way to but, get there. And that and every that's day. the thing. That's the thing is that I feel guilty because I was trained because I was anorexic, that I could go to four, I could go to five o'clock and mm-hmm. it wouldn't, like I would have a few hunger pains, like I, my tummy might growl, but I would be like, it's fine, I'm going to eat a burger and 
mm-hmm. fries at the Lazy Hound. We're not sponsored, but we should be. Um, <laughs> but everyone here loves it. Um, but you know, like, and I could, and I could be okay. For me, it's the brain piece mm-hmm. where my internal narrative is, "Oh no, are you starving yourself? You're harming your body. I'm harming my body. Mm-hmm. I'm har- that's the narrative that I. So feel. that's a narrative. That, that so, how can we work on the narratives? For me, my brain tells me every day that I'm fat. Every mm-hmm. single day of my life. Uh, since I was, and I, I almost became an anorexic. You, you, you had some very disordered And my eating. hubby, who I was dating at the time, literally force-fed me. And he was just like, I need you to eat this burger when we were 16 years old. Mm. Yeah, you definitely got into some serious disorder. So he, but he, but the, I had body, I would look down at my tiny little legs and they looked humongous. So I had some body dysmorphic, dysmorphia. yeah. And, uh, and it, they looked fat to me. Mm-hmm. And I still, as a 45-year-old woman, wake up every morning feeling fat. Like the, And I ask my hubby, I'm like, do I look like that? Like, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> but like, every now and then I'll be like, is that what I look like? And I'll be like, honey, no. I struggle with that a ton, especially as being I get older, older. Because as I, get I older used to. Too, I just. I mean, I was a trained dancer. I was pretty fit, as fit as they come. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like. And I don't say this to be mean, but like I never had, I've always had a six pack. I've never not had a six pack or a flat I never flat. had a six pack, but, but I, no, no. So for I also- me, <laughs> I hit 40 and, or if I was starting to feel, I call it rounded. If I was starting to feel rounded, I would start doing sit ups. And like within a week, I was back to where I was or training. Like you said, training. I didn't train for marathons, but I would train for shows. And so I would know I just need to get on the ballet bar and I would be back to my body in a minute. Or with my kids, I always bounce back and I would do yoga and I was strong and I was. So there's this thing about being 40. And I, I am rounded, and I, I'm still in the same size clothing. That's the wild thing. But the clothing is rounded too. And I'm not like, this is not how this. And is it's getting post- rounded in other places. I know it's so not, uh, but it's giving me so much anxiety yeah. that I've been doing that with Peter too. Like I'm like, am I, am I, am I fat? But here's the like, thing, and I feel like you can tell us this. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> Do it. Well, I'm hearing it. It's an undercurrent. God is not like the, the this this is a this is a lie. These are lies that we believe. 100%. And it's a narrative that's just spinning and Satan loves to feed that narrative. Yeah. He loves to come in and just be like you are fat. You are getting old and saggy and tired and you mm-hmm. don't look as pretty as you used to look. And then God, you know, he actually says like your body is wasting away. And yet, inwardly, you're being renewed day by day. Ugh. Conviction. Sorry, that was like an internal, like, <laughs> you're right, Jesus. I love you. I know. I love that you gifted me this body. Well, when I'm on, when my, when I'm at my best, when I'm at my, you know, when I'm really walking and doing all the things and all, it's like the, the, the truths that God speaks into me are what I can wake up and receive and believe but then there is still like that's the struggle. But I, but we're always going to have that struggle. I, I feel like we're always. I personally believe, but we're always going to have a struggle. I don't, I don't know that like until we die, until I die, that I'll ever really a hundred percent feel comfortable in my body. Until I have a new one. <laughs> okay, that breaks my heart. First of all, um, and this is what I love is in the last four years, there was a period of time for about a year 
where uh, through a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> some really old memories of my childhood came up. Uh, I always have to preface this because my parents were lovely, very safe, very healthy, very warm, engaging, like home life growing up. But there were things that happened outside of my parents' home that were severely traumatizing. And um, they came to light um, maybe about two years into fasting. And so I was well. I was not in a wheelchair. I was doing all the things. I had lost most of the weight that I had lost. I think I lost like 65 pounds in total. And I was about at that spot. Um, But these huge impactful memories came to light. And I was really working through all of it. And with that came this immense desire to control things because things were so not in my control as a child in these situations. And that the first thing I went to was all things, air quotations, the industry. I started tracking everything. I started like micromanaging my fasting windows. I started like I would, I was just obsessively trying to fix the internal trauma with all these external things. And in that period of time, um, I, I mean, I struggled, really, really struggled. Um, the Lord was healing and doing a work. I mean, the trauma was so severe that I would be out in public and a flashback would happen to the point that I would feel nearly crippled, not like in a wheelchair crippled, but like it was everything well, I, I could crippled. do to not sob uncontrollably in a puddle on the floor mm. and like just wrap myself in a fetal position. Like it was that traumatic. And it was about eight weeks of that healing and working itself through. And um, God was so good in that period of time. But out of that, once I got to the point where I could kind of handle life again, um, I like obsessively tried to order like I said, all of those things, I, you know, kept going. And I love Whole30, so this is not a dig against Whole30 whatsoever. But, like, I was like, I'm just going to do multiple Whole30s. I'm gonna, I just wanted to control and make mm-hmm. everything safe and right and whole mm-hmm. in my world where I could. Mm-hmm. And through that period of time, like, I really struggled. It brought everything to light that I had put as an idol in mm-hmm. my life. Decades of of bowing down and worshiping everything Mm. in the industry all my fitness all of my food choices it was like everything every possible thing every time my family turned around I was like well I listened to this new podcast or oh I read this new book or oh we're gonna try this thing they're so gracious oh my I can't even tell you how awesome they are that they just (laughs) went okay all right so we're not eating wheat this month (laughs) <laughs> oh, we're not eating dairy the month of October. So everyone go have cheese sticks now because it's almost October. I mean, it was this this constant, you know, I know moms can relate to this. It was ridiculous. Oh, we're all going to do yoga every morning. Not yoga. I'm just my trying to think. My family would not go along for I was going to say, I, I've never even tried to get my family to do anything that I'm doing because they just wouldn't. Yeah, but we're a team. Like, but, yeah, yeah. This, we're a team. Yeah, this family yeah. would. So yeah. we. They'd be like, moms on no dairy. Go, 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 go. <laughs> they're like a pack. That's amazing to me. So they're very encouraging. Then they would sneak out and eat things when I yes. wasn't there. So <laughs> sure, they were. I think Parker and Isaac had a bet on something. So and if it was during your no dairy, he totally did it. Because I think Parker had to pay for Isaac's meal oh, at Parker. Chick-fil-A. And it was $53. And he probably ate all of it. And he ate 
he was like, Mom, I've never seen He got the 48-piece chicken nugget. I, I saw they make this bowl oh. of chicken nuggets now. And I'm oh, just yeah. like, wow, that. wow. Who's eating that? Probably drizzle I, it with sauce and just eat it with a fork. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> so, yes, they are a team. Yeah. yeah. So it was, but it was the, and it was so hard because I felt so... Like I was chasing after, yes. like you just mm. said, the rest of my life I'm going to feel this sense of dissatisfaction mm-hmm. in the skin I'm in, mm-hmm. and and it was hard, and I was frustrated at myself the whole the whole year because the Lord would just like play this, you know, um, where your treasure is, there your heart is mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. and He would there's like this Celtic version of that song by Iona, and that would play in my head all the time because I knew mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I was chasing after mm. some other salvation other than him. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awful and it was hard and I'd get like control or I would gain a sense of perspective and walk in a way that was right mm-hmm. and then I would just go off the rails again. Mm-hmm. I looked totally normal. That's my all, normal day. All <laughs> the things all the things were going fine everywhere else but that part of my life was so mm-hmm. not right and I felt so like King Ahab mm-hmm. And we're just going to sacrifice under every little tree, on every little green hill. It was like everything was part of my obsession with the industry and making my body be safe. So if I can control all these things, then my body's safe. It's how our internal trauma affects our external life. Like when you don't, when you don't reveal, because like we, you know, we we talk about our trauma all the time, and I'm the trauma girl, but. When we don't bring, the Lord says we need to bring things to the light. So mm-hmm. when we keep all that internal trauma mm-hmm. inside of our bodies and we do not bring it out to the light, we don't speak it. We've talked a lot about how when we speak things out, that's what the Lord tells us to do, to bring it into the light yeah. and speak it out. When we hold our trauma inside of us, like what you were doing, and try to fix and, and fix the outside and then maybe the inside will get fixed somehow, yeah. that is... The, that is not going to work. It's never, ever, ever going to work. Ever. And you've, you were able to do it. I had to be blue papered. You didn't have... <laughs> like, we all have to suffer with it in different ways. But, like, that is what that is. And I think so often women and mothers in particular, because that's all I am. I can't speak for men. But I think that nurture in us naturally wants to fix in a different way than men want to fix men want to fix in a different way but we want to polish everything up and make everyone feel cozy and love on everyone and we forget that like that stuff inside us has to come out it has to be brought into the light or Mm -hmm. or there's not enough scented candles to fix it (laughs) (laughs) or fizzy beverages or fizzy beverages or no I couldn't agree more so that that Mm. year was just it was hellacious it was so hard but I love the fact that he's brought me out of that to the point where it doesn't matter what my fasting schedule is like my jam right now is I eat at dinner time but if it's a day where I've gone for a long run like I'm training for like a sprint triathlon i'm training i just did a a 10k the woman in a wheelchair the woman in a wheelchair yeah Mm -hmm. like you know just ran six miles for the funsies Mm -hmm. and um i need more i just Mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna worry about i come home and i have my thing and i go about my day i don't there's like no stress no nothing um does so, that start to affect your if you're not fasting does it start to affect your autoimmune disease i don't know because because i've never not not fasted i always fast okay now that so, doesn't mean i don't ever have yeah. a day where i have breakfast lunch and dinner but it's kind of rare and if i do breakfast is like a popover and lunch is like a salad and dinner that's kind of two light, light meals mm-hmm. just because i don't 
need that much food anymore. I don't yeah. need that much food. I don't want that much food anymore. Um, See, I don't need that much food, but I want that much food. But I so can eat. My... Like if I am sitting down to a meal, it's not the, I mean, my stomach has shrunk, so I don't need it, but I can, I can eat a ton of food if I really want to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. It could be mac and cheese. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with mm-hmm. me too, when I'm in a healthy space, and I'm eating, even at the Lazy Ham, where the portions are wonderful <laughs> for the price. Um, again, not sponsored. But when I'm eating there, I will be eating a big a burger or a big salad or whatever. And I can feel that I'm full and I can stop myself. That is huge. Appetite just, correction like, is a real like, thing. I'm listening to my body. Because mm. I, before especially if I had been fasting, mm-hmm. I'd be so panicked that I'm not getting enough calories and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and then my body's going to think I'm starving myself <laughs> and now I'm going to actually gain 15 pounds and like I just, when I don't listen to my body and I listen to the industry, like mm-hmm. you were saying, I I would eat the whole flipping thing even though I was and stuffed. I'm stuffed and as it's, I've noticed as I've been going through trauma therapy, I don't do that as much anymore. Mm. I don't even think when I go to eat the whole burger. I know I'm not going to eat the whole burger. I'm fine. And I know <laughs> the burger is going to taste just as delicious tomorrow at lunch. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just cut lies. that sucker. <laughs> I cut the sucker in half and I no, eat No, Kevin half. will eat it tomorrow. I got to eat it all now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I go home and I hide it behind the bag of broccoli. Like, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so appetite correction. I know, Just speaking to this for just a, a hot minute for my baby sister who, when she goes off the rails she's again she would say that she's like a sugar junkie mm-hmm. but like she's like if i if i eat one cookie i've messed up and now i'm just gonna eat them all and oh. she will actually eat like a whole batch of cookies mm-hmm. and then she's gonna just self-loathe herself to death for like a following couple weeks mm-hmm. or she's gonna actually bake more cookies mm-hmm. and then eat more cookies and also bake bread and so it's like the appetite correction like what are is there a simple way of because it's mostly narrative one cookie is fine. Yeah. But if you eat, like, and again, she and I are cut from very similar cloth. Where we're like, well, we eat the cookie, we're fat. Okay. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So, if you prom- saw her, she's prom- adorable. Promise to, promise oh, to bring yeah. me back to this question. Okay. So, to like lead into the answer to that. So, after that, that year of like just fumbling and fumbling and fumbling and totally bowing down and worshiping something that had nothing to do with Jesus Christ, boom. I'll just say it there. Mm-hmm. When he finally brought me out of that place, I think I was chasing understanding being fearfully and wonderfully made because mm-hmm. I literally had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that looked like. And it's not like I had never gotten dressed before and been like, dude, you look so good. It's not like I had never had those moments, right? <laughs> but but like as a mindset that I am a created, precious, perfect mm. being that happens to take up m- more space in the world or less space in the world, that I am having more of a gravitational pull or not like mm-hmm. think like think like in our brains mm-hmm. why is a smaller version of juliet a better version of juliet like that's the dumbest i'm still at a cellular dna level the same person mm-hmm. like in our brains though it's like it if it's not whatever our ideal is that we're chasing we're dissatisfied um so mm-hmm. In that period of time of struggling like i was really trying to understand that and i had to really allow the Lord to speak that into my life a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, it involved Bible study. It involved uh, um, dedicating fasts to 
praying about that particular thing mm. um, to the point where I could actually say that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and really mean it. Um, you know, I'm 46 years old. That was a long time in coming, a really long time in coming. And what I think really did it for me was I was studying Hezekiah when the Syrians are coming to like attack them and they're talking trash and they're talking trash in like their language and they, they get up on the wall and they're like, don't talk to us in our language. You're going to make the people all afraid and they keep doing more of it. Mm-hmm. And so Hezekiah is like, oh my word, I don't have the answers. There's no way we can take these people out. And he goes, you know, he's talking to the Lord and he's like, man, what are we going to do with this? And there's this really cool verse that talks about he rebelled against the Syrians and he didn't pay them tribute and he like stood on his own feet and it gets like lost in the big giant story of you know the angel coming and like wiping on 185,000 dudes and they're just all dead there they're just you know all the stuff is there and they're just dead it's like the just came in and took their breath away and they were just all dead and he didn't do anything other than just rely on the Lord right but that little tiny verse about him rebelling against and for me that was like a such a light bulb moment because Wherever you come at from the, the the industry again, whether you're a person that's, and I love supplements. There are three or four that I live by, love them, would not not take them unless I was destitute. So I'm not about not being pro supplements. I love fitness. I I mean, it makes me so happy to go out and run six miles just for the fun of it. it makes me more happy than almost anything you can do sort of with your clothes on. Like it just makes me so happy. <laughs> so I'm not, a, I'm not anti the fitness like world either. Eating healthy, nourishing foods. I think having some idea of what your template of your meals should look like, that's really wise. So I have nothing mm-hmm. against those things separately. But when I realized that it was keeping me in total bondage mm-hmm. That's the and word, a lack man. of freedom yep. and understanding that I am fiercely and wonderfully made right here, right now, regardless of whether I'm in a wheelchair or running a half marathon, mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm still created for good works. And the Lord uses me whether I'm running or I'm laying. It, it doesn't matter, you know? Amen. Um, so that was huge for me. But that realizing that I could rebel against the industry again like what's that look like and for me it was realizing that I can be wise in how I choose to fuel my body nourish my family move my body um, all of those things and yet not relying on them from my fulfillment my sense of purpose my sense of drive identity identity, all of those things it has Mm. literally nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. because they're just lies that I have to do all those things because I wasn't less Juliet when I was bedridden, mm-hmm. like at all. I still. That's definitely a hard thing for me. I feel less of myself when I'm sick yeah. or down or in pain or. You sure. still bring you all of Rachel to the table. <laughs> I don't believe that. And your family I, would say so, that. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to stop talking. I'm like going to lose my. <laughs> this is so hard I just I really I so understand that there were so many days where I felt just less than mm. just less than like somehow I am intrinsically failing my people because I can't do what whatever what, whatever the thing right. is that I can't do I just felt like a failure and that's works righteousness right like that's what Jesus says we're not supposed to do right but that is what we think and your parent your children don't not love you when you're bedridden and your your husband does not love you and that 
is it's works righteousness like when you feel like you need to be you have to be this certain person Mm -hmm. and look this certain way and be this certain thing to be righteous to be lovable to be important and it 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 denies jesus his work yeah like he's the reason and i think that for me you know again it goes to that piece of like if it's works righteousness then I must be, you know, it takes I've all never the, cared about being righteous. I just, no, 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 but like, <laughs> I no, think no, the but lovable that, thing for sure. Yeah, like, but that's what that love comes from. That works. So your worth is in what you, what you what do. You, what you bring to the table. That mm. you start believing that the reason, pe- like, I s- believe when I'm struggling and I'm not in the right space, I'm like, Peter loved me and fell in love with me because I have a cute booty. And so if I don't keep, it's true, (laughs) or because I'm petite or because I'm thin or because, and when the stuff that's been happening in my family, which will be another day, but when that all imploded for me, I was telling Juliet on the drive, like even my bubbliness, I feel insecure about because my whole world had been rocked by Mm. some things that have come to light. And so we were hanging out with friends and I get, we're walking home and I was like, was, was I too much? Mm-hmm. Was, was, was the things that I say true? Like, and Peter's like, honey, of course they're true. I, I was with you, but I didn't exaggerate. Like I was, I was saying everything right. Like I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic because I have so long believed these lies about who I was and where I'm from and what my, that when that kind of imploded, I feel like I have no footing. Yeah. And and so like, hmm. but my footing is in Christ. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Um, so I think that that's what that is. Like we we allow our, our you know, we are wasting away, Rach. We are mm-hmm. wasting away. And what is happening is the inside is being refined and made more beautiful. And so like, I want to be a 90-year-old woman who is healthy, you know, but I gracefully. But I'm not going to still be able to have this body. Like it's just going to keep changing and it's going to keep mm-hmm. rounding mm-hmm. and my hair is going to get grayer and I I can't there's not enough me- chemicals that I can pump into my face without looking plastic to not have <laughs> wrinkles and like and I want to be a woman in my 90s who is so overfilled with the spirit and joy and love and fearfully, wonderfully made that I can take joy in my children and my grandchildren and like, Lord willing, I earn my great wrinkles. Yeah. Yes, like I, I want, and I want to have that kind of faith. And I think it's a faith thing, like you're yeah. saying. It's like knowing who, who you are inside. Because like you were like saying before when we were off air, like, heaven forbid, what happens if I do get MS? What happens if I do get cancer and I lose all of my hair and I'm like, does that make me less of a, 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 a child of God? Does that make me unlovable? Does that make me ugly? I hope, I hope that I love myself and my family loves me enough that they're not going to be like, well, mom... You got some ugly bald heads. So. Team, everybody shave your heads. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet's family. He though. actually did. When Gwen, my daughter, had alopecia, she had um, vitamin D deficiency, and she lost this huge track on the back of her hair. I mean, it was just huge. And she shaved her head 
while she was healing and her hair was growing back, super sad, sort of scary time. She was so sick and we didn't understand. Um, and Isaac, she, and Isaac loves his hair. He really does. He really loves Almost his hair. equally as Parker loving his hair. Yes. <laughs> and he shaved his head for her. Aww. Yeah. So yeah, I keep really pictures sweet. of that. Um, uh, he's never had shaved head before or since then. Or since so since that was just for Now he has monster chops. It's, oh, it's, gosh. It's, 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 it's like, so gross. It's like a blonde, curly. Um, how old is he? 17. He's 45. He really looks like he's a 30-year-old player on a high school <laughs> You guys, he's a giant and he has his mu- And Peter loves those too, like Wolverine. You yeah. know? That's what he looks like. He, yes. he, looks, he like looks like a like beach like- body Wolverine. It's yes. hilarious. But he's giant like that and Peter's like, man, I love his mutt chunk. The chop- mutton chops? Mutton chops. Yeah, yeah they're mutt- chops. And I'm like... I, I, I go and I do I pat his little Most face 17 year olds couldn't grow that I know it's, they <laughs> couldn't and I go up after a game and I'm like buddy you played so well and he's like this was so small and then I go <laughs> what, what are you doing with what the things what are you things? doing with that face it's so cute get rid of those he's I like, like it when, when he like trims them you know they're, they're just sort of like but right now they're they're like wow they're like I mean they're not stupid but they're definitely bushy bushy yeah so so value i kept thinking of a word that yes. i think the lord shifted the most for me in like the last year it's value mm-hmm. that that i have intrinsic oh i'm going to just cry mm-hmm. i have <laughs> i have intrinsic value to him mm. if my family were to die tomorrow yeah and like i lived far away from my immediate family like and i was bedridden all by myself I still have value to him. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with my productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that is like a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. It is. Value. And so I think that that is the weapon that we need to use to rebel against oh, the uh. lies mm-hmm. is our intrinsic value. Because, and, and mm-hmm. honestly, fasting and helping me work through all the emotional trauma, not feeding and comforting every emotion, I think, is huge. Mm. Allowing ourselves the space to feel the emotion. And then, jur- I love journaling. Like working through, why am I having this emotion right now? Why Why do I feel like my thighs are still fat? Well, it's like Amber says, turning triggers into cues. Yes. We, just did, into cues. we just Bringing did that. Bringing it to the light. Which I thought, I love that. And that sums up my whole life. That's, well, that was my therapist. That didn't come from me. <laughs> well, uh, I, you but I have Thank you, therapy. So, yeah. Thank you, therapy. But no, so I think good. that is what... So that is that literally blew my mind that to rebel against all the things to know that my value is not all the things like and you and are a rebel where satan gets women yes. yes oh yeah that is where he gets women mm. and rachel you are the biggest rebel that's what i love about you like oh yeah you say lift well i will go right you know Mm -hmm. like you have a natural rebellion that Mm -hmm. i could see how god could use that verse we need to get you to paint that verse like from from hezekiah Mm -hmm. Hezekiah? you're talking and so like because your value that is what you're going you're going to rebel against all of the things that take away your value from god and your value is who you are and who he created you to be and it's not your weight or your hair color, or your skin, or your things, productivity. or productivity, yeah. or... The clothes you wear, how you homeschool, how you don't homeschool, how you help at PTA, oh whatever the thing All is the that things. we are currently, like, bowing mm-hmm. before. Valuing. Mm-hmm. Valuing. Yes, we're, we're valuing, valuing those over. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that word. you Dang. like broke my heart when you said you know, you're going to feel like this forever because I think even three months ago, as I was just kind of coming out of that place where I was really able to embrace my value having nothing to do with my training or not or all the things because I had four or five conversations right in a row with women sort of our age and that that desperation is the word that I heard in every single conversation was Mm. desperation Mm -hmm. I'm so fat I'm so frustrated I'm so fat I'm so frustrated or even maybe they aren't fat but they're like I'm I'm not as fit as I want to be I'm frustrated Mm -hmm. desperation Mm -hmm. and the Lord was like there has to be freedom from that because mm-hmm. it's such a lie. Because if you are valued intrinsically because you are my created being, you are mm-hmm. my daughter. Like at the judgment seat, we don't sit there as moms or wives or mm-hmm. anything. We, we sit there just by ourselves with all of our lives laid out in front of us with no one to cover it, you know, mm-hmm. but Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I mean, that's just it. There's no reason. And, and, So that place of desperation, that place of it's never going to be any different, the Lord just showed me that that is just not true. Mm -hmm. And I stand here today, wherever, whenever this is going to be broadcast, like the end of September, and I'm the most contented in my body that I've ever been in my whole life. Mm -hmm. I am, I am contented. I'm contented with the choices that I'm making to fuel my body. I'm contented with the choices I'm making to move my body. I'm contented with the choices that I'm making to rest my body. I'm contented with what the Lord is doing in my life right now in in my Bible study. I'm just in this place of, it's kind of weird, like complete and total victory over something that held me so in bondage for so long. Mm. Um, mm. And yet... It's not what I love is that it's nothing that I've done to accomplish it. Yeah. It's just yeah. the Holy Spirit doing his work, fixing, you know, binding up the lame. That's what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. And and I have this this vision for myself ten years from now, twenty years from now, still like attacking all the things, not being frustrated by this thing that I'm still failing at. Mm. And that's just Amazing. So, like when I get dressed in the morning, um, I don't put on clothes and go, "Oh, my stomach is hanging out over the top," or "Oh, my arms are floppy here," or, or "Oh, whatever." It's like I just I don't criticize the same way, and that used to be a constant. I'd stand in front of the mirror. Oh, I'm looking good this way. I turn sideways. Well, I'm not looking good that way. So, okay. Well, I guess my whole outfit's blown. <laughs> so stupid, you know. Yeah. Or well, you just described my normal. Morning. <laughs> I'm going to go on a run, and and I had planned to run five miles, but today I really only feel up to four and a half. Somehow I failed. Mm -hmm. It's just because I just, I've won. I'm not in that place of being desperate anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that place of my value having anything to do with other than being. What do you do with all the new brain space? Okay, no, here's here's the thing. This is what's blowing my mind is um, I feel like, Three quarters or more of my brain has all of a sudden been Marie Kondoed and like like <laughs> decluttered, yeah. and it's all like pretty shelving and been empty totes. And it's like my capacity for thinking things through in the last three months has been literally mind blowing. Mm. I would in speak- actuality, yeah, because I'm not constantly spinning about all the things that I can't fix or control. Mm. 
it's I felt so that good. way like I was so talking to my therapist about <laughs> that, that. <recondoed>. <laughs> when I went when I went no contact with my mother mm-hmm. and um that all of a sudden I was able to work through all of these things and I was like what is with that and my therapist said you don't even know how much of your brain you use to keep panicking and spinning. Mm, she spinning. calls it spinning totally. like a hamster wheel mm-hmm. in your brain, even though you had all these boundaries with her. It wasn't like I saw her every day, but just, but because you, you shut it down, you Marie condo that, I rebelled. And I was like, none, zero zilch nada. All of that brain space was able to quiet. And then I could start decluttering mm-hmm. the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's wild what happens when we gain victory, when we rebel, when we say, no more, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. And giving, and even if it is having to look and say, this is my body. This is my body today, and I am fearfully, wonderfully made. If you have to chant that, I'm going to start chanting that yeah. to so myself. Yep. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. <laughs> I well, just well, get hung up on the word fearfully. Well, yeah. fearfully? Really? No, like no. When you think of no. It's like I was wonderful. To be funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! It's in fear of my body. But no. Well, and what's the one that um, I think it's in Ephesians that talks about us being his workmanship? Yes, that's one of my favorite. And that's verses. one of my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. and we're his workmanship we're his masterpiece. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and like being an artist, I, I my brain just comes alongside, be like, oh, I've made this really awesome thing, and it's just going to sit here and criticize everything I've done oh. to yeah. create it. Like mm-hmm. that's. Not right. Yeah, but that's what we do. Sorry, girls. That is what we do oh, when we're so tearing apart you all the say things. It that way. We yeah. do do that because he lovingly handcrafts each one of us mm-hmm. to to not just be perfect for for Amy, not just to be perfect for you and for and for Rachel, but it's to be for his total pleasure and enjoyment. And it says he delights in us, and then he gives us something to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. M- mother, wife school run it, whatever the thing is but even if we're not doing those things we're still this perfectly like handcrafted thing it'd be like your kid whittling you something out of wood and you being like Ugh, what a super lame that's so bad super like lame. none of us mothers here we'd be like this is amazing the, the coolest thing i've ever seen that's yeah. very good that's a very good connection point yeah like, you like would we never... love our children in all the shapes and sizes yes <laughs> and in all the you know stages Grind. of growth <laughs> you know when they have like just the big huge front teeth we still think they're the cutest things yeah. ever and like right and to like mm. fathom that we would they would bring us this beautiful art project or whatever and us go eh, you should have used a different like just, <laughs> i can't even fathom doing that as a parent or that their worth would change that the, or yeah. like oh well you were gonna be in the will but that <laughs> yeah. that whittled stick well <laughs> it stinks to be you we would put it like mm-hmm. on the windowsill in front of where we do dishes every day and look at it and and admire it and appreciate oh yeah. we would. that's what we would do mm. so we would delight yeah mm-hmm. so good but despair like standing against that despair and the despair coming from our, our intrinsic Mm, we'll just go sin and trusting in something other than the truth of what God's word says. I love that. We'll just call it what it is. Yeah. We'll just go sin. Yeah. Because the, when we, we we are disparaging who mm-hmm. we are and how he made us to be and all the tools he's given us to do all the amazing things he allows us to do, mm-hmm. that's just, it's not right. 
You're it's right. So good. You're right. It's so good. Preach. So <laughs> fasting. Yeah. Take us to church. So fasting. We'll bring it back to fasting. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This isn't about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it is obviously. If you do it long enough and you get comfortable enough with it and find your rhythm in your space that makes it a lifestyle that's sustainable, when you are fasting from food. And praying, I think praying, I mean, sure, you can fast and not pray, absolutely. And I've seen people's lives transformed by it. But when you're praying about stuff in that fasted state, it like brings such intimacy with the Lord and such preparation, I think, for the Holy Spirit to do um, a more effective work because we're just, it's like we shut up long enough to hear what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And... Um, to just embrace that, it allows us to work through all the junk that keeps us bound. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. Like, um, And so as your body is healing, because there's this wonderful thing called autophagy, mm-hmm. and it's like the coolest thing I think I've ever seen, where you can take an old, tattered, nasty cell in a Petri dish and expose it to the process of autophagy, and the cell becomes a completely new cell. Like like a completely, it becomes just like a cell that's brand new, and what? yeah, it's it's an amazing sign. That, <laughs> that just like that, get some that is autophagy on. is what happens when you fast, and the longer you're Ooh, in the fasted state, now that's not ta- the information I needed. <laughs> <laughs> all I need, that's all, all I, need. I need. I'm gonna be brand new. I'm gonna be 16 again. <laughs> yes. That's what Rachel's thinking. <laughs> I know her very well. godly. <laughs> it's not the sanctification of the heart. I know this woman very well. I'm gonna be sixteen. Lord, I receive. Yes. I receive. Yes. That's collagen at like a cellular level, right I'm there. In. I'm <laughs> in. Now, if you've nursed four children, I'm not saying we're gonna like shift and change against gravity. What I am saying <laughs> is that with autophagy, and autophagy happens like anything like after say the 16 hour mark. And we're just going to throw out a random number here, but like 16 hour fast, 17, 18, anything above that, autophagy starts happening more and more. So even every day that you cut back your window by an hour on either side, you're, you're 365 hours more in autophagy over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So you're allowing your body a little more healing. So if How you- are we spelling this? Because I spelled it A-U. Off of- yeah, uh, like uh- auto, like auto- Oh. Autophagy, P-H, oh. Fagi. Okay. Yes. Like, who? I spelled it wrong. <laughs> you were just focusing on 16-year-old body. It's like, it's O. I spelled it I-T-O-P-H-O-G-Y. Well, and it just means to, to consume. And so it consumes the, the process of autophagy. goes in and cleans up. On a cellular level, the uh, places in your yes. body that are decaying. How's that? I'm going to learn all about this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really amazing. The guy won the Nobel Prize for it maybe wow. four, five, six years ago because it is so revolutionary. And the crazy thing is, is that your body in the state of autophagy, it does the most bizarre things. Like I've had four C-sections and my C-section scar now was probably a tenth of the size as it was from autophagy and that happens uh, hundreds of thousands of people attest to the same thing you saved it to the end Rachel is invested I now in. I'm ready now I'm ready and now. I think I'm gonna cry 
<laughs> That's why people, as they fast longer and longer, like they just look younger and younger and younger. Like if you even look at my pictures from say three years ago, I haven't lost more weight, but I look way younger than I did. I will agree mm-hmm. that the yeah. I've known you, I met you in the beginning. You were just starting to fast. Yep. And you keep looking younger. I mean, I'm going to shout out to Plexus. A lot of the things that you've said, I'm like, Plexus did all of that for me. Plexus saved my life and all the things. But, and I look younger than before I started Plexus. And it's, and there is a lot of, um, it's a lot of nourishing. Yes, absolutely. Well, gut health. There's like a whole nother, you know, podcast. Gut health is huge. Uh, Yeah. Um, so in the same way that Plexus heals that, intermittent fasting does those same kinds of things. You're allowing yeah. your gut time to digest yeah. and rest. Yeah. Right. Rest. Become and, fat fueled. Yes, yes. All the things. So, but what I love the best about autophagy is that the spiritual parallel that as we walk with the Lord, he really does renew us in a way that is... Sanctification, baby. That it is brilliant and breathtaking. <laughs> what I want to say is Rachel's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sanctification. Sanctification. I, I want to be 16. Cellular cleaning. Back to... <laughs> no, we know you love Jesus. <laughs> I want to love Jesus with perky boobs. I mean, like... <laughs> That is the sticker. That is should go on yeah. the pillow. And that is should go on the My husband would agree with that. That's <laughs> oh, so awesome. Wow. Oh, my okay. gosh. This yep. is the best. We laughed. We cried. Oh, we me. talked about our boobs. <laughs> We're good. The, is that I the think... final tagline? Yeah. yeah. I want, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I want to love Jesus. But... I want to love Jesus with no, perky I, boobs. My gosh. I feel like we could literally talk to you all the days. All the days. I mean, so it's such much, a treat to be so invited, much girls. Goodness, my gosh! I don't even want it to end. So God much is good. to learn. All the things. Could we ask you to do a whole like, for, like maybe in a month or two to to go deep into autophagy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually want to learn more about it, but like Amber. Uh, time is an issue and also I'm not a researcher like Mm -hmm. if it's not pretty and cute and I can't make it with my hands I'm really not it's hard for me to be interested but I love to learn from people Mm -hmm. and if you just kind of went deep into more of like the science like I I mean we've talked about Amber like you us talking to speak out things Mm -hmm. that we have to like you have to say no to the lies you have the to triggers in your brain that are loud. saying something mm-hmm. that are not true you have to say stop like you actually have to say no mm-hmm. and say it out loud and there's like um you know a very smart woman who's a doctor and she was like there's that act saying the word no out loud actually stops this little link of chains that's being made by your brain, yes. your brain. Yep. That's saying, you know, that's why you are this, should, you're a monster, you're a girl. Yes, you know, that's why I think we should all challenge ourselves to wake up and look at ourselves and say, right. we are fearfully, wonderfully made. Yeah. yeah. We need to say those, I am God's workmanship. Like, I think that same thing, like, that will help stop those lies in our body, right. in our heads and in our hearts that we're, that we are fat or that we're old or we're unworthy anymore or we've passed our prime or whatever that crap Mm -hmm. yeah our value is diminished Mm -hmm. like we can think it all day long Mm -hmm. but speaking that out is so i always think of that verse we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and so Mm. like jesus did his part but we have a part to play yes Yes, we do and And so speaking speaking it out it takes all the power out of Mm. 
out of the lie. Mm. Mm. It's so good. But would you be willing to come back in a little while yes. and go deeper into yeah. some of like oh, the, got her name. I don't know. Well, and I'm a teacher, so I love, yeah, you are. and I love that. taking all the dork of all the things that I've learned <laughs> and then walking through, and that, that's such a blessing that I walk through that really hard time for about a year mm-hmm. because I've seen fasting become the idol. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to not have that happen to yes. other people I love. Yes. Um, and so having walked through that super hard time mm-hmm. is hopefully I can, I don't know. Because it is through. so tricky for women, especially, mm-hmm. and related to food and like the idolatry or even the food issues that so mm-hmm. many of us struggle with. So it is that, that it's, I think education is so important yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. It's the, it is the best tool for maintaining any health whatever you're doing whatever your diet whatever your place in life is whatever protocol you're doing or not doing it is the easiest to utilize most effective health tool that doesn't cost anything right, right. yeah it's amazing and, and it's I, a discipline it is yes a discipline. and it's in the bible it's yes it when is you fast it's not if you fast it's when yeah when you fast yes and i yeah there's so many pieces to it so good juliet we love you we love you, we love you. Thank, you. thank you thanks girls love, love.